Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the God of the Turnaround. Amen. Amen. So open your Bibles to the book of Psalms, 126, if you would please. The God of the turnaround, 1 through 6. And it says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like men that dreamed. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the heathen, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, wherefore we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord. As the streams in the south, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Now Psalms 126 out of the trash, translate, uh, Passion Translation says this, It was like a dream come true when you freed us from our bondage and brought us back to Zion. We laughed and laughed and overflowed with gladness. We were left shouting for joy, singing your praise. All the nations saw it and joined in saying, Lord, the Lord has done great miracles for them. Yes, he did mighty miracles and we overjoyed. Now, Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until our dry hearts are drenched again. Those who sow in tears as seeds will reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee. They may weep as they go out, carrying their seed to sow, but they will return with joyful laughter and shouting with gladness as they bring back armlobes of blessing and harvest of overflowing. How many of you in this room, at times in your life, you were faced with seemingly impossible circumstances and you thought, I have no way to get out of this. I don't know how I going to do it. God's got to do it for me. Amen. I think everybody in this room, everybody in this room has been faced with issues in their life. And if God has done that to you, for you in the past, He will do it for you today and He will do it for you in the future. Amen. I think there's got to come to a conclusion, some of the things of our lives that we actually get victory over and that we're not constantly working on. My initial sermon was going to be this morning until God changed it. Praise God. It's how to live holy in an unholy world. So that's going to be a good one. So I don't know when we're going to do it, but how do you live holy in an unholy world? So, uh, Jesus is not untouched with the feelings of your infirmities, and neither is your pastor. Because I'm in that society. OMG. Wow. The people that we're dealing with in the world, with our jobs, on the road, in Walmart. (laughs) Hello, somebody. Man. They, 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 their hearts are waxing cold. Come on. Their minds are not renewed to the Word. It's, they're renewed to the world. And they're, they're swallowing everything from hook, line, and sinker. Come on. Hello, somebody. 
I, I think I've said this to you before. I finally understand when that day says, where, the, where Jesus says, don't be concerned when they you know, arrest you or they want to question you. Don't be concerned about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will speak through you. Amen. I understand that because you've put yourself full of the Word. Come on, hello somebody, amen. And you're the one that's only thinking straight. Everybody else is not thinking straight. That's right. they, don't, they open their mouth and they don't even make sense. What did they, they say? Oh. I, I, and politicians are very famous for that. You ask them a question and they, they, they give their, well, I was born when I was, you know, 1929 and then I grew up in a home and my, my daddy was a janitor and, and things like that. And, and they, the whole question was, is how are you going to handle the economy? And then all of a sudden they give you this answer, right? And it just, what? And, and they're five or ten minutes into it and then they say, thank you so much for asking that question. Can I get another one? <laughs> and they didn't even answer the question. I mean, they went through this whole rigmarole about everything, and, they, and then everybody forgot <laughs> what the question was. Yeah. And they capitalize on that, and that's the devil. I was just going to tell you that. That's the devil. Hello. So that's the reason why we make these confessions and declarations, because what's in you is going to come out of you when the pressure comes. Now, if God is for us, it is true that nothing and no one can ever be against us. But you have to believe it. You're like, I'm in this pressure cooker right now. I'm in this situation right now. And sometimes what we have to do is we've got to back out of that situation. And look at it from God's heaven's perspective. Because sometimes we're in the emotion of it. How many decisions have you and I made based upon emotion or emotionalism and then later regret it? Man, later regret I wish I shoulda, coulda. I don't like living in the wish I shoulda, couldas. Hello, you know our human nature? Come on now. Sometimes when, when you're a doer, and you want to get things accomplished because everybody else is procrastinating and doesn't want to take... You can get yourself ahead, uh, ahead of yourself sometimes. Come on, hello somebody. I got, I got ahead of myself and I had, to, I had to ask somebody to forgive me because I got ahead of myself, you know? Because, you know, I, I don't like just to talk about it. Come on, hello. Come on, hello somebody. Some people just like to talk just to talk. Hello? They like to pontificate about a whole bunch of nothing. Hello, somebody. They don't want to talk just for talking's sake. What? I remember many years ago, there was... When Joshua was a teenager, early, early, late teens, early 20s, and I guess he was at a, um, I don't know, he was at a um, youth meeting or something like that, but this one particular young girl, she would just, you know, she really liked Josh and things like that, but she could just talk a blue streak. I mean, it was like, he would, there was no room for him to say one sentence <laughs> at all. And so this one particular time, she was going at it, and it had been like an entire hour. And Josh was like, shut up. And she was like, <coughs> and then she really liked Josh. Praise God. <laughs> you know, she's like, oh, a man with authority. Okay. <laughs> he told me to shut up. He's the only one that's ever done that. I really like him a lot. Praise God. No, no. Some people just go on and on and want, want, want. Charlie Brown, bad Charlie Brown cartoon. No, we, we, we want to make our words as purpose, purposeful. 
Amen. That's the reason why we have these declarations. So that when the pressure comes, God moves and turns your circumstances. Can you say amen? We see this with the Israelites in the battle with the Amalekites. Go to the book of Exodus chapter 17. We see this. We see that the Israelites were in a bad way. And they needed God to turn around their circumstances. The book of Exodus chapter 17, starting with verse 8 through 15, it says this, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us out men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalekite. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand, the Israelites prevailed. And when it was let down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on one side and the one on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the years of Joshua, in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out remembrance of Amalek from under the heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. So in other words, they were faced with an impending army that was absolutely going to defeat them. Hello. But one word from God can change your circumstance. And Moses obeyed that word. Not only that, the church that he had at that time held his hands up when he got And God turned that war around and wiped Amalek off the planet. So see, he is the God of the turnaround. No matter what you're facing in your life, physically, financially, emotionally, he is the God of the turnaround. You've got to develop the philosophy, I will not be defeated and I will not quit. No matter what comes at me, I will not be defeated. I will not quit. If God is for me, then who can be against me? Now, in the United States of America, we have different problems than we do, say, in Honduras or the Dominican Republic or Africa or wherever. Okay, those other countries, the people that are in a really bad way is basically just survival. Am I going to eat today? Come on, hello. Y'all been with us on a mission field. You know. Come on now. We, we go into the interior of these countries. Some of them are still living on dirt floors in their houses. Come on, hello somebody. They wonder if they're going to eat that day. In the United States of America, we're dealing with people. That seems to be the issue. Hello. I mean, I heard one pastor said, man, the ministry would be so wonderful if it wasn't for all the people. Praise God. Amen. Because you're dealing with people every single day. Your job would be absolutely wonderful if it just wasn't for the people that you had to work with. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. Thank you, Carrie. You know that's true. You know that's true. 
Tomorrow morning, you're going to go have to deal with some of the people at work. You're like, oh, Jesus, I feel Catholic. Praise God. Amen. You know, you're going to get the rosary out and <laughs> do 10 Hail Marys before you walk into the office to see what you got to deal with those people there. Hello, right? It's people. People on the road. Tra traffic's going to be backed up on I-4. Everybody going up to Cave. <laughs> the trains. Gabe's all upset about the trains because he's in the UPS truck driver. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, and then, but there's pressure from his boss and pressure from the customers. And there's pressure not to get a ticket when he's speeding down. And he doesn't want to speed, but he's speeding down on County Line Road. You know, how do you know that? I saw him speeding. I know. <laughs> No, I didn't. He's like, you did, Pastor? No. I didn't. He's like, that was Friday night, Pastor. Gee, I'm, I'm operating at a prophetic right now. Praise God. Amen. Thou shalt not speed on County Line Road. Okay. Yes, sir. Go right. Have mercy on me, Jesus. Yeah. Hello. Come on now. Dealing with people. Hello. And then you might be dealing with symptoms in your body. The devil's a liar. I'm just going to tell you right now. The devil's a liar. And you're going to get better and better and better and you'll be totally healed by the stripes because the healing power of God is working in your body. Amen. Come on. Hello, somebody. Amen. But you came to church anyway. Hello. Get in the Word anyway. I will not be defeated. I will not quit. Amen. Because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of His testimony. You know, we see another story here in the book of Elijah. In 1 Kings, I mean the book of Elijah. We see another story with Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17. So if you go to 1 Kings 17, one plane. Very familiar scripture that you guys know. About Elijah projecting a drought in the land. 1 Kings 17 verse 1 says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was in the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Abraham, The Lord God of Israel liveth, but whom I stand, there shall not be any dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. Verse 4, And it shall come to pass that thou shalt drink of the brook, I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying again, Arise, go to the Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and I will dwell, and dwell there. For behold, I commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose, and he went to Zarephath, and when he came into the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I might drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord God liveth, I have not but a cake, but a handful of meal and a bear, and a little, cruise, a little oil and a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it to me, and after make for thee thy son. For thus says the Lord of God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day of the Lord shall sitteth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to him with the word of the Lord, saying by Elijah. And she said, And he rose in her house, and did eat many days. And the barrel meal wasted not, neither do the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which spake unto Elijah. So here's a situation. You've got a famine in the land. Peaceful people are desperate. When there's no rain, 
Hello, things die. Okay. Hello. So at that point in time, we need an instruction of the Lord. Do you understand? The instruction you follow would determine the outcome of your life. The choices that you make yesterday determine when you're in your life today. And the choices that you make today will determine what your future is tomorrow. Because life is about choices. And everybody are making choices, especially this time of the year. Either they're falling out of the church or they're coming back into the church. It's one or the other. That's what's happening. Hello. There are people that have been in the church for 20 years that decided that they're not going to go back to church this year. And then there's been people that have been out of church for 20 years that decided they want to come back to church. Amen. Hello. Amen. Life is about choices. And it's getting to, po- to a point of criticalness. It really, really is. The decisions that you make could actually seal some things that you might not be able to change or have time to change. Amen. Oh, I mean, you, you ought to heard that one. I mean, it's true. There is, there is a certain point where the Spirit of God will no longer contend with somebody. The Bible is very clear with that. Come on, you keep rejecting, you keep rejecting, you keep rejecting, you keep, keep pushing, keep pushing. Then you yourself have sealed that for your life. Not the devil. Come on now, not people. You yourself sealed that. And people are making decisions. Sometimes when there's great prosperity that has come, people begin to relax spiritually because all their needs are met. That's a dangerous place. How many remember a couple years ago when President Trump became president, how many said, one thing that concerns me, how many remember, wave your hand, one thing that concerns me is that now Christians will enter into prosperity and then they think, I don't need to grow spiritually. How many remember me saying that? Yeah, it has happened. It has happened. You we need God more now than any other time. Really, we really do. Listen, Proverbs is very clear. That, that wealth and riches can sprout wings and fly away. What's the foundation in which you're building your spiritual life upon? I choose to build it on the Word of God. Amen. Whether in need or rather having plenty. Come on. I know the secret of contentment. To have plenty or to not have plenty. Hello? No, I'm going to press into God with all things. There is a certain point in their life that you can reach as a Christian that you're no longer on a roller coaster Christianity life. In church for a while, then out of church for a while, reading your Bible for a while, praying for a while, and then all of a sudden, oh, I got turmoil. My God, my life is everything. And then next week, oh, it's really, really good. And then all of a sudden, here comes turmoil again. Up and down and up and down and up and down. Oh, how's your day? Oh, it's a wonderful day. And the next day, how was your day? Oh, it was horrible. It was just a bad day in every way. <laughs> Roller coaster Christianity. Come on now. Yeah. Amen. Ah, you got to stay steady. Come on. Come on now. No matter what the... Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear, I will fear no evil for thou art with... We go through the trials and tribulations. Amen. Amen. Come on now. We're not trying to escape trials and tribulations. Jesus said it's impossible. Because he said in this life you'll have trials and tribulations. So you go through it. And then you allow that trial and tribulation to perfect character, integrity, 
Grow spiritually, grow your faith, so that when one of your fellow brothers, sisters, and the Lord are going through the same thing that you just got the victory over, you can say, hey, come on, buck it up. You're going to make it. I just went through the same thing. The same God that took me through is the same God that will take you through. Wow, because he's the God of the turnarounds. He's going to turn things around. I heard a lot of positive prophecies so far this year, even about our children. Even about our children. Just like an awakening. They just wake up. Whoop. They just wake up. Come on now. And that's scriptural because Luke chapter 15 says that that prodigal son woke up one day. Hello, he's in the pig pit eating the husks. And suddenly he woke up. Oh my God, my servants at my dad's house are eating better than me. Might as well go back. You mean have to operate in humility? I was praying for all the lost prodigals yesterday. I was praying for all the ones that have left church and weren't supposed to leave their churches, no matter what congregation. I was praying for them. I'm like, God, when are you going to start bringing them back? Because they're out in the wilderness and they can't find a place to land. But they made a mistake and they said, God said, Hello, now they're going to have to be, it's going to have to eat humble pie. Hello, and go back to the place where they were sent to to finish the assignment. Come on, hello, somebody, finish the assignment. Most people don't miss it in the what, they miss it in the timing. Come on, they don't miss it in the what, they miss it in the timing. Hello, so I started, you have to eat some humble pie if you got to go back to A. Amen. Thought you're gonna make it to Z, and you, know, you didn't even get past B, because you left A. That's right. Amen. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. It's the truth, anyhow. Right. It really is. Amen. You know, you, you're, you're on, you're on, you're on path A. That'll do. I'm in the will of God. This is wonderful. God said, "No, you got offended." Right. Amen. And you didn't have peace and joy. You got relief. Sure. Yeah. Amen. Are you hearing me? Yes, amen. Got to be real careful because that relief can mask itself as peace and joy and it gets you right off. And then you get out here and then you go to the place where you thought you were supposed to go because God told you to go there and then you're there for three weeks and they're all whacked out and the wackadoos and the flag waving and the chauffeur blowing and the charismatic bunny hop dancing and, and things like that and all the kind of things that go on. you know. And then you're like, oh my God, i got to leave this place. So I can't go back where I told the pastor by God told me. So let me go over here. Let me see Let me see how the grass is greener over here. Well, no, no they're really weird over there. Let me go over here because I'm going to take my pot plant and I'm going to go be planted over oh, oh gee oh he be gee me huh? I don't know oh well you know we just we'll just cruise along a little bit you know we'll find a place because God is leading us out into the wilderness I'm having a wilderness experience in my life right now well you better be fasting for 40 days <laughs> you better be fasting for 40 days and 40 nights while you're being led by the Holy Ghost because you're in the Word and you're fasting and praying for them 40 days. Especially if you're in the wilderness. 
You must be in the school of the Spirit. Praise God. How to really hear His voice. Praise God. Amen. You must be in the school of the Spirit. How to answer the devil with the word. You must be in the school of the Spirit. Hey, you ain't preaching me down. I mean, you ain't shouting down because I'm on a roll. I'm rolling today. Rolling, rolling, rolling. You need to call me a holy roller if you want. Now, come on. This is reality. And then all of a sudden, two, three, four years, how you doing? Oh, well, you know, we're, we're doing good. Oh, how are you in church? Well, we know we hit and miss sometimes and all kinds. We, we kind of miss a lot and everything. You know, we just, we got this and we did that, and, you know, and just, and two, three, four, five years, they're out. They've fallen out. And then when crisis hits them, because crisis will hit people, they've lost the foundation. They've lost the joy. They've lost the Holy Ghost. They were once used in the ministry. They were once used on the mission field. They were growing spiritually. And all of a sudden, they're out. And five years later, major crises hits. And they're panicking. And they don't know what to do. And then they want to call it the devil. Let me tell you what's going to happen in these last days. God's going to raise up preachers that aren't afraid to tell the truth according to the Word of God. Not their personal opinion, but the truth according to the Word of God so that people can make it. So that people can be victorious. So that people can be overcomers. That they can be victorious no matter what the enemy sheds in their life or brings at them. Come on now. Amen. Yeah, it's the truth. There's a pressure. It's a spiritual pressure. There's a spiritual pressure. There's a spiritual pressure which is for our good that comes from the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And then there's a spiritual pressure from the demonic to, to, to bring deception, to pull us out. Amen. To pull us out. Come on now. The Bible says that in the last days, several things will happen. Many will be offended. Many. And that doesn't exclude us. Amen. We have to be careful that we don't get offended. Right. We've got to check our hearts all the time. We've got to check our hearts all the time. Hello. Many. And, number two, many will fall away. They will fall away. But, the, but number three, there will be a great harvest Amen. of replacement. Did you, did you know that there is a principle in the Word of God called the law of replacement? There is. Judas was replaced. Come on now. Because God is into completeness. Hello. Barnabas was replaced. Hello. Barnabas was replaced with Timothy. So there's a law of replacement that goes on. That's the reason why the Word says many are called, but few are chosen. That's the reason why the Bible says in the book of Matthew, wide is the road that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And the Bible is very clear, and few find it. So I, I did a research on that. I thought, hmm, does that mean salvation? The Lord said, no, that doesn't mean salvation. What that means is the principles of the kingdom in a person's life. Amen. 
Many don't apply it to their lives. Right. Only few do. And when they apply those principles to your life, you get, you'll be victorious, you'll walk through these trials and tribulations, you'll be like the Apostle Paul who, who understood what it meant to overcome. Amen. I want to be like that. If, I, if, if we're in the remnant of those that apply the kingdom of God, hallelujah! Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. That is an awesome place to be. That we're not falling out. We're staying in the game. We're running the race. We're running the course. We're winning souls. Hallelujah. Flowing in the Holy Ghost. Learning how to flow in the supernatural. Yes. No matter where we're at. Amen. So no matter what you're facing today, whatever it is, He is the God of the turnaround. If He's turned it around before, He'll turn it around now. Yes, he will. Can you say amen? amen? So we understand that the widow of Zarephath, she had her needs met. God turned it around, did a supernatural miracle. We understand that God brought ravens to feed Elijah. Hello? And if He did that in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant, He'll do it for you in a new and better covenant. Hello? Listen, the reason why you're facing situations right now is because you know the Word and the enemy's trying to steal it from you. Amen. Come on, hello somebody. Amen. You're doing something of worthwhile. Amen. You're building the kingdom of heaven. Amen. You're getting great rewards. Amen. Let's take a look at another story and then we'll close with this. Go to the book of Mark chapter 5. Very familiar scripture. He's the God of the turnaround. Hallelujah. I believe that the pressure that's coming is that we begin to be doers of the Word of God and we're not just hearing only. Amen. You know, so many, especially in the Western world, so many people, they are drawn to great orators. People that speak with excellency of speech. We're, we're drawn to those that have become famous in our society. I'm just give me, let me give you an example. Kanye West is awesome. I mean, he's born again. He's sharing the gospel to the degree that he knows. But nobody knows him in Brazil. Or maybe they don't even know him in the interior of South Africa. They don't know who Kanye West is in South Africa in the middle of the bush. <laughs> There's not an aborigine tribesman. If you were to walk up and say, hey, listen, you know Kanye West? Huh? <laughs> Sometimes people are famous within the area that they're famous with. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Come on now. And it's not that God can't use them. Hello. My point is, is that people are drawn to such famous people. Because in America, we've been taught ever since we were born that you have to have a hero. Come on. Yeah. Come on. It's true. Come on. It's true. That's true. You have to have a hero. Your heroes are on top. Football games, movie stars, yeah. the next American Idol. Whoever, whoever it may be. Right? Drawn to the hero, 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 hero. And we're, we're, we are programmed for entertainment. From the time that we're in the crib, we're handed an iPad today. Here, entertain yourself, kid. Come on. <laughs> you know. Hello, here, here, here's your PlayStation. Here's your what you... What, was it, what, it used to be what? Natari, I guess it was, or something like that. Yeah, Atari, right? Is that what it was? And then we, they had these handheld PlayStation thing. What were they called? Playboys or Play? What is it? Game Boy. Yeah, Game Boy. Here's your Game Boy. Yeah, praise God. No, we don't want to go to Playboy. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's a bad thing. Yeah, but some of you young men, you need to come out of that in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hello. Hello. 
Hallelujah. Come on, temptation. Come on. How to live holy in an unholy world. Praise God. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that next Sunday. Praise God. Amen. How to live holy in an unholy world. Yeah, come on now. It's real. We live in a real world. Real temptations. Come on. Hello. But we overcome, yeah. overcome our flesh. Yeah. That's probably the number one thing you have to fight the most is your flesh. Right. It really is. Yeah. To fight this thing. Yeah. Come on now. Because the Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season and then it pays wages. Mm-hmm. And the wages of sin is what? Yeah. Death. So how, how does that happen? You die spiritually and then you can be, begin to die physically. Wow. That's how it happens. Wow. Okay, so Mark chapter 5 verse 25. Very familiar scripture here. And you can see that God turned this woman's life around. Mark 5, 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, came in and pressed behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was hit of the plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power or virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and thou sayest, Who touched me? And he looked around about her to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, thy faith has made thy whole. Go in peace and be healed of thy plague. So very familiar scripture here. We see a lot of principles in this story on how this woman got the victory over the sickness that she had been diagnosed with for 12 years. So the number one principle in this story is that she heard. She heard the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All right? And it's hearing it and 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 hearing it. So like for the last three or four days, I've been playing Dr. Rodney's healing scriptures in my truck. Hello. So today's like the 13th day and I am better than it was on the first day. Can you say amen? Because I'm hearing the word. I'm laying hands on myself. Come on now. Amen. Speaking over my... I'm not contagious, so just it's in the aftermath. Okay? Jane, uh, Rhonda told me, or James told me, that the doctor had said something to some of their employees or something about that this strain that's out right now, once the fever breaks and everything, the phlegm and... Uh, six weeks! I thought, ain't no cotton picking way in hell. Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. How serious? Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Is that what's been happening, right? Something like that? Six weeks to this strain that's gone through the... Yeah. I'm like, hey, when hell freezes over and Satan starts singing Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Frosty, the snow. See, you see, Satan. <laughs> that was pretty funny. You have to admit, that was funny. Well, at least it was funny to me. Okay. Hell freezes over and Satan starts singing Frosty, the snowman. Listen, I'm ready to charge hell with a wet, with a wet water pistol. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So he's the God of the turnaround. So number one, she heard the word. 
Okay? And then she began to meditate on it. Because her next phrase was, for she said. Okay, where did that come from? Out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth will speak. So she's putting the word in. She's hearing the reports of the miracle worker. Really? He's like, well, who do you say he is? Well, I don't know. Some say he's John the Baptist's return. Some say he's one of the prophets. Who do you say he is? I think he's the Messiah. The promised one. The anointed one. Well, what's been happening with the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing, the lame are walking, and demon coming out? As a matter of fact, man, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I bet you I'd be made whole too. Amen. If I could just get to that healing service. Amen. Come on, I bet you I'd get my miracle too. Amen. And then when she had an opportunity, she did. Amen. What she believed, what she said, then she did. Amen. Hello. She put action to what she believed. Hello. And then when the opportunity came, she pressed through the crowd in the most sickened condition because the doctor said, go home, get your house in order. We can do nothing more. You're going to die. One Touch from the master's hand can turn your situation around. One touch. And not only that, it wasn't necessarily him that was doing the touching. She did the touching. She did the drawing on heaven. She did the grabbing of the anointing. He was in a crowd that was being pressed upon. Come on. So one act of faith, one act of belief based upon what you've said out of your heart. I mean, when you say, by His stripes I am healed, do you believe it? I believe it. Amen. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what the doctor said. Thank you for the facts. But the truth of God's Word always overrides the facts. Thank you. Amen. Thank you very much. And there's nothing wrong with going to the doctor if you need to go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. There's nothing wrong with taking an antibiotic if you need to take an antibiotic. But in the meantime, take a gospel as well. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Hello. Man, I can't, I can't, I'm honestly, I think the last time that this ever happened to me was Chicago. That was more than 10 years ago. That was about 12 years ago. 13 years ago. That was a <laughs> Jesus. Amen. I don't even want to mention his name. He's so perverted. You mention his name, he thinks you're giving him praise. <laughs> don't even. He's not even worth. Who? Who are you talking about? Amen. Who? <laughs> Who? Amen. Who? Recently, a politician came out and said, I'm the most hated woman in all the United States. I'm like, who are you? I don't even recognize your face. Who, who, who are you? You can't even get the House of Representatives all straight. Praise God. Amen. Who are you? Yeah, well, once I get in there, I'm going to make sure I write all these bills and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to get all three branches of the government, the CIA, the FBI, and the police together. And then we're going to, be, we're going to make some difference. <laughs> That's funny. That is so funny. I'm the most hated person in all the, all the United States. Who are you? I mean, who are you? 
No, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's the reason why you get to put God's word in your heart. Psalms 119 verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. You've got to put that word in your heart. Amen. And not only that, He's given us a wonderful thing called grace. So there's, there's God's ability to actually overcome the weakness of your temptation. He's there to do it. And if you ask Him for more of it, guess what He does? He gives you more. I'm falling short in this area, Lord. I'm really falling. I really need more grace. Could you infuse me with a little bit more grace? Because you said that it was sufficient. Amen. And suddenly, He just does something supernaturally for you. Amen. Amen. Then, then the feeling of that temptation, because you're getting so strong in your strengths, you won't have time for the weaknesses. Amen. Sometimes we're seemingly working on the weaknesses. Oh, I got to work on my weakness. No, get your strength so strong that the weakness is way down on the totem it's a good word right there just get stronger and stronger in your strengths so that the weakness comes you're like ah, whatever and you just keep on getting stronger in your strengths come on now and your weaknesses they, they don't disappear like, you're so strong in your strengths your weaknesses won't affect you anymore I mean, that's a totally opposite of what the world tells us. Oh, if you're weak in an area, you just got to get yourself... Preachers are preaching it. You just got to get stronger in your weaknesses, brother. Brother. You just got to get stronger. Oh, how about this one? Get stronger in your strengths that your weaknesses won't even matter. Come on. It's a good word right there, I'll tell you. Amen. So what are you doing? You keep on fighting and you just keep on running. In 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says this, I fought the good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Hence, therefore, laid up for me is a crown of righteousness with the Lord the righteous judge shall give me on that day. And not only to me only, but on all, all of them that love him at his appearing. You're going to get a crown of righteousness. You're going to have a robe of righteousness. Some of you are going to have a soul winner's crown. Hallelujah. Come on now, because you're pulling many from unrighteousness into righteousness. Oh, I feel this this morning. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it this morning. It's going to be an amazing year. It's going to be a supernatural year. You see, you to be commended because you're staying in the game. Amen. 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 2 uh, through 7 says this, This also know that in the last days perilous times will come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, and blasphemers, proud, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce bakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses, lead captive women, laden with sins, lead away diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come into the knowledge of the truth. We are living in that time. Yeah, right now, you can see it. You can see it. So we cannot, and God does not want us to actually conform to the church society of the Western world or 
community society. No, he has called us to transform society and to stay with the Word and to stay with the Spirit and stay with the book of Acts. That's what he's asked us to do, even if it's a remnant. Even if we got to go down to Gideon's army, out of 30,000, only 300 were chosen. Even if it's got to go down to the days of Noah, out of the population of that time, eight individuals entered into the ark and raised above the wickedness of the world. I thought to myself, you know, that was absolutely brilliant that, that Gideon listened to the Holy Ghost on that. I mean, you think about that for a second. Wouldn't it be easier to lead 300 men than 30,000 that could be divided? And then God just kind of like, He loves the underdog kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? You know? And all of a sudden, He's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I want you to do this. He said, we're going to choose out the guys that, you know, the ones that get down like a dog and lap up the water, you know, send them home. But the ones that kneel down and they surf up the water while they're looking around, I want you to pick them. Amen. Okay, and then we're going to do this. I want you to give them lanterns, and I want you to give them torches, and I want you to, and I want you to give them horns. And this is what we're going to do. And then when you do this, this is what I'm going to do to your enemy. As a matter of fact, we're going to, we're going to go at a certain time, at a certain day, on a certain day. And what I'm, if you just listen, you blow these trumpets, you you smash these lanterns, and you have these torches. And he said. In their eyes, I will make you look like millions. And not only that, I will send confusion into that enemy's camp. And they will begin to slaughter one another. I'll begin to slaughter. I'll let them slaughter one another. Because I am the God that fights for you. It's a powerful word. It's powerful. This year's the year of the turnaround. So what do you do? You keep fighting the good fight of faith. That was the encouragement in the prophecy. Fight the good fight of faith. First Timothy 6, 11, and 12 says this, But thou, O man of God, flee these things, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay a hold of eternal life, whereunto that thou art called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Many witnesses. Stay in the race. Don't fall out. I encouraged everybody yesterday at, at Pastor Carlos' church. Stay in the game. Amen. Don't fall out. Amen. Stay in the Word. Stay in church. Stay with the Word and Spirit ministry. Stay with it. Keep going. It may be a little small right now. He, I think he probably runs between 40 to 60 people. On a good day, we're about, about 60, 70. On a good day. I think if everybody that came that said that they have a life family church, we'd probably be in the 80s, I think. About there. These was on the books and all that kind of stuff. So I, th- I think to myself, it's not us. Because Pastor Carlos got up and he said this. He made an announcement. He said, hey, listen, we're word in spirit and we're, we've flown the gifts here. And uh, if you don't like that, you can leave now. I thought, I like this guy. <laughs> I like him. He said, you're in the wrong place. You need to go down to the other four places. Praise God. Amen. Yeah, that's not us. <clears throat> you have a buffet right here. Praise God. Just the church at the mall. Praise God. Amen. At the outlet mall. Praise God. Church at the outlet mall. There's four churches. <laughs> One church, another church, a hair salon, another church, and another church. Wow. 
was funny because Matt was with me and I had to go do some business. And, and, the, and the lady that was in the hair salon, she comes out and she's like holding her stomach or something. I was like, man, she doesn't look well. I said, Matt, roll down. He goes, ma'am, can, can, do you need prayer? And she's like, no, thank you. <laughs> but you could tell she wasn't feeling well at all. And then Matt told me that's the first time that anybody ever told him no to reject prayer. But hey, it's what we are in, you know? But if she needs help, she's got four different choices. <laughs> no, no excuse. I think it was Pentecostal Holiness, Seventh-day Adventist, non-denominational, and what was the other one? Do you know? I can't. Something like that. I don't know. It was a buffet. Praise God. Amen. Just have your pick. Amen. And you can either go Saturday or Sunday. Praise God. Amen. There was really no excuses. Can you say amen? Well, he's the God of the turnaround. Can you say amen? amen. And no matter what you face this year, because I, I, I'm not prophesying, some of you are going to have some trials and tribulations. Going to have some trials and tribulations this year. Hello. But be aware when they come. And then you go, hey, man, thank God I've been making these declarations. Thank God. But listen, you don't have to lack financially. And you don't have to have sickness. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. You may have some challenges that you're dealing with, but you don't have to lack financially and you don't have to... Because he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Can you say amen? Come on, stand to your feet if you would, please. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week and remember, the best is yet to come.